You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 30, I believe. Oh, my gosh. Of Take a Bow podcast. I'm Eli Tokash. And I'm Sydney Lucas. 30? I didn't even know it was 30. Yeah, I mean, I mean, last episode was 29, so I guess uh, it's well, 30 today. Uh, yeah, wow, math. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. Um, No, but yay, we're so excited. And for our 30th episode, we have a pretty amazing guest. He is someone who can relate to us extremely, extremely well. Um, We have someone who was a child actor, a teen actor, and an adult actor all in one. So he's covered everything and everything that we wanted to know and everything for hopefully listeners to hear about and just kind of get a new um, perspective and some tips and all of that fun stuff. So today we have Andrew Keenan Bolger on. Yay. Yay! And you probably like know him from Newsies, and he's been in countless other things like Beauty and the Beast. He was in Tuck Everlasting. He's just done so many things, and he's created his own work as well as being an actor. At, like he's an author for a children's book, and yeah. he's a producer, and did uh, Submissions Only, which is a popular web show series that uh, was doing very well, and actually like. I was watching it before I even made my Broadway debut. Yeah. Um, so it's funny how that works. Um, so yeah, so he had some, he, we just had so many things to talk about. Yeah, he's like a filmmaker too. He's, he's done so much. He's a creator. He's an actor. He's, he's a, he's a singer. He's a triple threat, um, truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is so talented and so positive and wonderful. And I just, love his energy like his 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 energy and his and his optimism is um is spectacular and it's he's such he's just an amazing person to be around every time you're around him it he he just brings up the he's a type of person to literally bring up the the mood of the entire room um and we're so glad he could come on the podcast so without further ado Andrew Keenan Bolger, curtain up. Our guest today made his Broadway debut when he was just 10 years old. Since then, he's been in four other Broadway shows and has been nominated for a Drama League Award and an Outer Critics Circle Award. He is a filmmaker who has directed the award-winning short films Sign and The Ceiling Fan. 
when you're in the same room as him, you can't help but smile. But how could you when he has a smile that spreads like butter? And if you know Newsies, you should have gotten that reference. Uh, he is a ray of beautiful sunshine. Everyone, please welcome Andrew Keenan Bolger to the podcast. Hey, Andrew. Hey, y'all. Oh, thanks for that sweet intro, Sydney. <laughs> I loved the reference. The reference is key. <laughs> thank Very you for charming. coming on. We're we're so excited to have you because, uh, you know, Sydney and I are obviously kid actors, and we're now transitioning into the adult theater business and all of that fun stuff. So. Uh, we were very excited to ask your advice and like kind of understand where, where your journey took you. Um, so you, like Sydney said, you made your Broadway debut when you were 10 in Beauty and the Beast as, as Chip, right? Yes, correct. So at that time when you like made your Broadway debut, did you know that it was something that you would want to do as a career or were you kind of doing it like for fun? I mean, I think a little column A, column B. I I was a kid doing shows in my community theater in Detroit, Michigan, and um, had the opportunity to audition for a couple Broadway shows. And I truly believe my parents at the time, um, they were just thinking this might be a nice excuse to take a road trip to New York with the kids <laughs> and never actually assumed I would actually book anything uh, but Beauty and the Beast it was like the second show I auditioned for and happened to get it it was also one that while I was in the room they were like hey are your are your parents in the like lobby can you bring them in and they told me in the room they're like okay uh, uh can you we want to offer this he starts next week would you be able to move to New York um Wow. Yeah. So it is, it is a little bit wild how that came about. And I, now looking back, I'm like, I cannot believe my parents made such insane yeah. sacrifices. Um, but it, it definitely was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I think this is getting real now. This is no longer just like a fun little hobby. You know how it is. As soon as you get to Broadway, you're like, I want to do this all the time. I would do this for free. I would pay to do this. Right. Literally. So then you were in a musical, you were in Susical the Musical, mm -hmm. and you did it in Boston before it came to Broadway. And that was when your voice was changing. So I want to know, and I'm saying, everyone wants to know, um, what was it like for you navigating your voice change in the middle of doing a show? Sure. It was terrifying slash horrifying slash wildly embarrassing. I mean, already yeah. going through puberty as any person is just it's not great like your body is like growing in weird ways and it's just super awkward but then to get to do it in front of not only an audience of like thousands of people every night but in front of a group of actors who you like really look up to um yeah it was not my best moment um <sighs> it was interesting though i mean yeah like you said we were doing it out of town in boston and already Susical the musical for any of the music theater nerds out there was kind of right off the bat. Uh, it was a uh, it was choppy waters for us. There were a lot of shuffling with like uh, the costuming, the set, the um, some of the actors, like our director. So right off the bat, it was just like difficult in many ways. Um, but it was also a really, everyone knew that there was a show inside of this. 
Uh, and I was, of course, one of the casualties. And rightfully so, y'all. I like <laughs> could not sing that show without cracking every night. <laughs> um, but it was one of those moments where up until that point, I think, performing had been only something that brought me joy and happiness and something that I loved doing. And it wasn't until my experience with Susical that I really understood the business of show business. Because at the end of the day, like mm. if you have one of your leads who is now getting to be too tall and can't really sing the show anymore, that is a business decision. It's It would behoove the creative team to pick someone who is more suitable for it. So it was, it was a hard lesson to learn, um, but one that I grew to sort of understand later. And, um, and I think probably gave me a lot of, uh, a lot of like grit uh, when mm. I decided to return to the business. Cause I already knew that while this business we call show is something that can make you really happy. It's also something that is going to constantly break your heart uh, because mm. it's something you care about and it's not always going to go the way that you would like it to go. It's funny. Broadway kids are very different from kids who don't do theater uh, in that <sighs> the uh, literal worst thing you could ever say to them ever is, oh my God, you've gotten so big, you're growing up. <laughs> yeah. um, so I used to, I I used to eat candy in the middle of the night to stunt my growth. Um, <laughs> I think it worked for a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but did, you, did your voice change at 15? Yeah, I was really holding out, y'all. Amazing. You were holding yeah, out I was, there. I was late, just period, just like with growing. I mean, I haven't really had that growth spurt no. I was promised. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> not that much taller than I was in Susicle, but yeah. I already had a very late voice change that I think I probably prolonged by trying to scream out whatever I could, like for as long as I could. I was just going to ask that, like, do you feel like um, doing a show and like working those muscles constantly, like during that shift kind of helped prolong it and also like helped your range when you did hit it? Because I did Trevor the Musical in Chicago and... I swear that's why my voice didn't change till I was like a couple months before I turned 15. Um, and it literally ch changed the next day when I was done, like doing all of those high notes. Oh so I, I was curious, like if that was kind of something that you experienced too. Yeah, I think, well, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think it was kind of a short runway because I figured out how I could push out those notes. Um, but I think long-term, my technique really suffered. I feel like I developed a lot of really, really bad habits that took a long mm. time to kind of undo because I was so used to just pushing your voice like as hard as it can go without really just letting it happen naturally. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things that by the time I had closed, I think my voice had fully changed and I was just now an adult tenor just singing that Oh, really terrible technique. Uh, but yeah, but for sure, you fear is like a great motivator and it will, you will be amazed what your body can do if, if someone dangles taking away your passion from you. Yeah, so true. Um, I, yeah, it, it probably was a combination of 
you probably with your sheer willpower you probably overrode biology (laughs) (laughs) that is a good way to put it (laughs) you you were among the rare group of child actors who were actually able to book a broadway show during their teen years which is so cool because uh, you were doing Seussical when you were uh, 15, 16, around that mm-hmm. time. Um, so you've been in Broadway shows as a kid, as a teen, and as an adult. What was the transition like into adulthood? And what were those individual stages like? Like, do you think you faced some challenges as an adult that you don't that you didn't face as a child or a teen or vice versa? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when you are a kid, a lot of your career is about like being cute and adorable and all (laughs) things that really just kind of can't, you kind of got it or you don't. And, uh, and I think probably when I arrived, it was just all about like, I was naturally cute and then kind of had to build (laughs) chops on like actual acting and technique. Uh, And then what I think sometimes is uh, hard about that is that, you kind of imbue a lot of your self-worth for being that kind of like cutesy kid uh, that when you are then an adult is less, they're diminishing returns. It gets less and less adorable to be an adult, like still trying to do the cute thing. Um, And I think right when I graduated uh, from school, when I kind of re-entered the workforce, I do feel like I was lucky in that I did not have trouble booking shows right out of school, partially because I was still able to kind of capitalize on being an adult who can play younger people. Like uh, early on, my like first shows were like Spelling Bee, where I was basically playing an 11 year old still. Um, (laughs) And like Mary Poppins, where I played a young character. And of course, Newsies, where I was um, still having to play a teenager. Uh, And then I feel like there is, while I was doing Newsies, I sort of saw the end of the runway coming where you're like, I can really probably only uh, play young people for a little bit longer. Um, and I either need to figure out like my next move or move away from acting altogether. Uh, and, and one way that, and that was just truly like, I know what roles are out there and I know that there are fewer roles for, people in their like mid to late twenties when they're kind of like a young character person. Um, And I feel like that is when I started trying to write and trying to possibly create my own kind of roles that I could play or my own work that also brought me that same kind of joy that I got from performing. Um, And I feel like it's only recently that I've started actually going out for roles that are almost my age where I'm now auditioning for like young dad which still makes me laugh a lot but <laughs> occasionally they'll come through and I'll be like oh, I'm a grown-up now <laughs> oh my god also like the beauty of being a creator is if if you know you're ever in a time where you need a job you get to create a world that didn't exist before you thought of it yeah, absolutely. I, it has been the greatest gift that um, when I was in college, I I decided my friend, um, perhaps you know him, Benj Pasek. Um, oh, he, who? Yeah, he was in uh, in my class at University of Michigan, and he oh, knew yeah. that I really liked writing. And he, while he was like in school for musical theater, had begun doing a lot more songwriting with um, 
with his writing partner, Justin Paul, who is also in our class, and kind of convinced me to take a creative writing class um, at Michigan, uh, which I did and immediately like really loved and then spent all the rest of my time at Michigan, any elective that I had, I would take a writing class. Um, and ultimately, I don't think I was ever like, and then maybe I could write books when I grow up. It was, it was more so, this is interesting and this feels like something that's a little uncomfortable, but um, something that I think is worth exploring. Um, and I'm so thankful now for Benj uh, convincing me to do that because I feel like I was able to get just a lot of experience writing uh, when I was younger or when I was in college. Speaking of Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, yeah. you two were in The Greatest Showman Labs together. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Let's tell me more about this because it, is it what, because you were part of the developmental process of this incredible movie, one that is just, honestly, it's one of my favorites. Is it developing it? Was it just like, what did it feel like a musical lab? What was it like? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it's always so funny anytime I get to work with Benj and Justin because they're always framing it as like, hey, buddy, can you like do us this favor? Like, you're, <laughs> we're friends. Like, do you just like want to come in and do this? And meanwhile, like, Ugh. Eli, we are in that room. That is like some of the most fiercely talented people in our business. I was just like right? completely fangirling the whole time and getting to oh my like, God. do hear all these songs for the first time it was so beyond <laughs> any of us doing them a favor it was like really <laughs> cool to get to see that process kind of unfold absolutely and just like being in that room that day like just it, it reminds you of why you love art it literally because that room that day was just so electric between kiala and then oh hugh jackman God. telling jeremy jordan hey I got this. I'll sing the last song when he has like cancer in his nose. Yeah. It's like, it, it's incredible. Like I, it was just that I will never forget that day in, in that last reading in that room. It was just magical. It is so true. I'm so glad that someone had the foresight to film that. Cause yes, it was some of the most like electric, like I'm not a very religious person or even very spiritual, but I felt like the Holy Ghost in there when Keala was singing and then like oh my God. Cynthia Revo like got up oh. and was standing on the table just like freestyle <laughs> riffing at her. It was <laughs> unreal. I was fully Yeah, and you out. were literally like right in the middle of that. <laughs> it was like, awesome. Singing like a tiny tenor line with my like little mouse voice. <laughs> like the biggest <laughs> voice ever coming at you. <laughs> I didn't oh know my you gosh. guys were in the room during that during that video yeah it oh was my I gosh think, the it was the final presentation for sony to like sign off on it and be like okay we're gonna do this and i think benj and justin they've always had such a producer mentality where they were like we have some of like the best live performers let's like give them a performance and yeah. just stacked all the ensemble with like crazy singers and just basically blew down the walls of Pearl Studios for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and it was so funny because the the Pearl Studios, it was like you have to like book the room. And so they were they named the room after Hugh Jackman's little uh gym group. And like so oh, like I don't think I realize that. 
Yeah, it was like uh, Dog Man or Dog uh, Dog something. And that's literally his gym group name, I guess. That's what he told me, at least. Because um, oh I was like, where did this name come from? And it's so funny because like when you like when we were done with the presentation and like we're leaving and we're going to the bathroom and stuff, like people literally came up to me and was like, those songs were so good. I've never heard them before. And I was like, just wait, it gets Ew. better. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. And, and it like, sure enough, like that, then the album came out and like that, just another star studded cast. Like it was like, wow, this is like, they're just keep on outdoing themselves. It's amazing. Truly. Yeah. They're so talented. Oh, oh my God. They're the best. We are just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Andrew, um, I wanted to ask, like, being part of those developmental pieces, um, I guess this is a good segue for this question. Um, you've also created a lot of work of your own, and you've developed uh, a, a critically acclaimed web series called Submissions Only. Did that, like, being a part of those developmental things and your creative writing classes, did that have a big uh, factor in why you wanted to create that? Yeah, I think so. You know... Honestly, if I'm really thinking of like the genesis of submissions only, which was uh, a web series that I did with my friend Kate Weatherhead, I wouldn't even say that like we we had such a great idea and we like really understood producing and developing from all these years of experience. I think we we just thought we were newbies who wanted an excuse to hang out with our friends and like write something <laughs> funny. And at the time also, um, Broadway people like were never on TV. We could not get mm -hmm. auditions because people were like, oh, theater people, they're so huge and campy. And now of course, like theater people all over television and film, they're like some of the best. Um, yeah. But at the time, it, that was not the case. We could do like Law and Order and that was like it. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> Which who hasn't? Had, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and I, I mean, we were talking about this right before you started recording. I feel like we are so lucky to live in a kind of DIY nation where these tools are more at our fingertips than they've ever been. Um, and if you don't know how to do something, you try doing it and you'll probably just learn along the way, which was truly what happened with uh, Kate and I. And I don't even think it was until like halfway through shooting where someone called us the producers of it. And we're like, oh no, we're not the producers. We're we like <laughs> wrote it and we're like in it. And then you realize, oh no, I guess I am a producer because I'm doing all the jobs of one. Um, and right. <laughs> I, I always, to this day, I will tell anyone if 
the best way to learn a skill is to just try doing it. Um, it will be, True. you will get way more knowledge than taking any class or um, shadowing anyone. Just like try to make it yourself and you'll immediately see what is working and what is mm. not. Totally. It's honestly, it's like they say, if you if you want to know how to swim, you do a lot of research on it. But if you want to swim, you got to get in the water. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yes, that's exactly perfect. It's true. It's actually, that's such helpful advice, truly. Yeah. And also one of the reasons that I was so excited to get your message, Sydney, when I heard that you and Eli were doing something, not only because I feel like we have a great shared history of being child actors, but... Any time that I see someone in our business, like just making stuff happen for themselves, like being a self-starter, being like a yes man, um, I totally, I want to like give the high five to those people. Um, and especially with y'all where no one is even asking you to do this. Like you're not a dog <laughs> yet. You don't have to worry about hustling and like making your next paycheck. Um, the fact yeah. that you're already motivated to do that it gives me such hope for the next generation of theater folk you know thank you that's it, so nice yeah thank you so much it's so it's so interesting when you know being i i'm curious to know if you feel the same way being being a, a child actor from a, from such a young age i almost i i feel like that kick started at least my drive to start doing stuff yeah, where whereas you know normally society says go to college and then get a job i've i've been working since i was six years old and and so i almost feel like that has just you know been played that that timeline has moved down a bit um but being that you were uh in the business at such a young age um did, did you did you feel that same drive where you're like oh i just want to continue working and also something that eli and i often say is uh being in the business at a young age uh was helped us to become more mature and more responsible because we we're always surrounded by adults expected to be professionals um do you think being in the business at a young age affected you like that as a person i agree with both of those statements like wholeheartedly <laughs> uh, i think also when you're when you're young and working on a show especially if you're working on a new show you are developing a lot of business acumen without realizing it you're learning like what marketing is like how to do interviews how to speak about a project um you're learning about creation because you get to see a work develop you're seeing how people do rewrites you're constantly um evolving a project. Um, and so you're learning about producing and about being a creator from a young age, even if you think you're just there to do the acting. Um, and then I think, uh, at least personally, I can't speak for y'all, but one of the reasons that I have gotten scrappier and uh, become a creator in addition to being an interpreter is I just want to keep doing this. Like I love theater people. It's I would say probably 70% of the reason that I went into performing arts as an adult is the community. And probably only 30% is like ever wanting to stand in a spotlight um, that I do have passion for performing, but mostly I feel like early on as a kid, I met the group of people that I wanted to be like. Um, and then also getting to uh, spend time with adults like who were so self-actualized and especially for me personally, I was 
knew that I was like a little gay kid when I was growing up and getting to see mm -hmm. all of these adults who were living like beautiful lives, especially like in the 90s when I just didn't see that anywhere else. It let me know that uh, there would be a place for me in the in the entertainment world if um, if I worked really hard. Yeah, hundred percent. the the Broadway the theater community in general is unlike Anywhere, any any anyone community else. Mm -hmm. in the world. And also, like when I think of when I think of a, a theater person or you know, a, a, I guess the Broadway community. I think I think of people who are resilient and uplifting and supportive and positive and and just beautiful souls and honestly you're the epitome of that you were you were you are so <laughs> positive and bright and you were just a light and i love and i know you were talking about you know you wanted you wanted to be like that you saw that and you saw the people and you connected with them you're like that to to people like us you are that like person that 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 just bright shining beautiful theater light <laughs> oh gosh that makes that's really generous sydney i also do think though one of part of it is me paying it forward to the next generation and that i realized i was so lucky when i was 10 years old to get to meet these incredible adults who talked to me like an adult who like took me seriously mm -hmm. did not just treat me like the random kid who's like backstage with you um a lot of them like i remember in beauty and the beast the one of the like keyboardists saw that i was like really into sondheim and i remember he would like give me books and um uh like cast recordings uh and i now i make such an effort anytime that there is a kid in the room with me that i really give them my focus that i'm treating them just like any other member of the cast because i know how meaningful having an adult figure in your life who you look up to, um, how meaningful that can be and how much that can change a life. So yeah, I, I'm glad that you think that. I always, I have always put my money on young theater folk. Uh, they're the people <laughs> who have like <laughs> bought my books and watched my silly videos. And, um, and I think that there's some of it, how incredible and how lucky it must be to be a young person and to already have a passion when so many young folks are just searching for like what is actually inspiring to them. I love that. Well, so there's much. no doubt that like our generation and like us young people, there's no doubt that we all look up to you and we see like the stuff that you're doing for us and creating the work for us. Like all of that just means a lot. And so the, even the fact that like you were willing to come on and chat with us today, like that means a lot. And I just wanted to say like, thank you from like all of us. Y'all, that is really nice. <laughs> and of course, uh, also both of you, like they're grownups who are huge fans of both of you. It's not like we we are lucky to get to work in the same realm as you. I feel like, Eli, the first time I heard your voice, I was like, oh. and then, oh, Sydney, I don't even need, I've already fangirled out on you so hard for after I saw you in Fun Home where I was like, are you serious? What's happening? My mind. <laughs> See, it's so funny because you worked with my brother Jake in Newsies, yeah. and Newsies—I think it's safe to say that Newsies is my favorite Broadway show. And I think I saw it twenty-three times. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! I thought you guys were so cool. 
I was, I was, I just, I looked up to you guys so much. I thought you guys were the coolest. Um, Aww. but you play Crutchy in Newsies, uh, who, who, um, <laughs> who walks with the crutch obviously <laughs> um but uh i, I want to talk about that but bef- before that there in newsies there there's a there's a point in the show where you you leave the stage you don't come back for a while but that means you have some free time backstage um what did you do during that free time were you working <laughs> on like submissions only what, what were you doing i totally was yeah i had an yeah. hour break which was kind of oh, wow. awesome Epic. Um, so we were filming a season, I guess it was season two of submissions only. I was like rehearsing for newsies during the day. We would occasionally film for like an hour or two at night. And then once we got into the run, it was all kind of happening in real time. Like we were opening newsies and season two was launching and we were shooting it at the same time. So I would go on set at like 7am and we would shoot all day. And then I would at night do the first act of newsies and then like, export like stuff off of the drives and like be editing and then also one thing that um i got to do was make all of these like backstage video blogs which now are so ubiquitous um, i loved those oh my god <laughs> yes. I loved religiously i loved those so much i i mean i'm so glad that i have those because i feel like i have a rare just document documentation of that whole process um yeah but Disney um, and Tom Schumacher, who is the head of Disney theatricals in particular, I think very early on, uh, it was when I was in Mary Poppins, saw the value in that. And a lot of a lot of the other, I think, producers, when I was in a show and making like little backstage video blogs, they were like, oh, that's cute. That's nice. Um, (laughs) And Tom Schumacher was like, yo, this is like great marketing and a great way to broaden just our audience because right now there are only 1100 people who get to see newsies and it's usually uh people who have enough money to get to new york people who are going to be able to shell out for a ticket um and that's just leaving a huge group of people um mm-hmm. without the ability to kind of experience the show and he really saw value in it and gave me a lot of the tools and a lot of the permissions that had never really been given um, to create fun, like supplemental content, uh, which I think in part made <laughs> the fanzies like the most rabid, amazing fan base. Yeah. They felt oh like they knew us. True. That's so cool. You can like basically say that I started that Broadway backstage, <laughs> like exclusive videos. Like, I haven't, mean, I won't go so far, that. but I definitely feel like. <laughs> I definitely saw value in it. I think before a lot of folks were realizing yeah. that, that is a great way to get to know your cast and feel a you were, like personal you were connection. Ahead of the game. <laughs> yes. Ahead of the game. Now, meanwhile, I'm just trying to catch up with y'all. I'm like, what's <laughs> <No>. TikTok? <laughs> what's TikTok? Oh my god. We're actually the only two teens in like the world who don't have TikTok. Oh my god. So we are not very active, and I will watch it, but. The stuff that yeah. folks are creating, I'm like, that looks hard. Yeah, and all the transitions, like I don't oh know. My I didn't God. That. Yeah, I feel like yeah. I have been an early adopter of like every social network because I've just put a lot of stock in that. And <laughs> this is like the one time where I'm like, Grandpa needs help plugging in the VCR. Like I feel like maybe do all oh for it. <laughs> And now for a brief intermission to get a beverage, go to the bathroom, whatever you need. After all, we are at the theater. 
well, our home theaters. But you get to gist. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you, going back to Sydney's question before that she kind of hinted at, um, mm-hmm. you played Crutchy crutchy in Newsies and you walked around with her crutch. So did you have to like... How was that learning how to like walk with a limp and like what was that like choreography wise? And I feel like if it's almost like a dialect where like I feel like it could like slip and you could kind of forget and go back to the like way you usually walk and talk or whatever. Um, So did you have like any like did you have any um, anything that happened like that? Well, right away when I read the script, there's like no mention of like why is crutchy disabled like what what's going on there um and so that's kind of up to me i i ended up uh reading a lot about like the time period and watching some documentaries and saw that right around that time was when polio started like really hitting uh young Mm. folks in new york especially people in poverty and i'm like oh that makes sense so i watched a lot of videos on like what happens to people's musculature uh when they're infected with polio and kind of went with that and i'm like tried out a bunch of stuff in the rehearsal room. Um, and then for like the choreography, a lot of times Chris Catelli would be like, okay, we'll just, just learn it like this and see how you have to modify, like what you're going to need to switch your right arm to your left arm. Cause your right arm is holding the crutch. There's just a lot of like playing around. I would always feel so bad though. After I would like come out of the stage door when like uh, celebrities came and saw the show and they'd all be like, are you okay? Like, that looks like it must have been so painful. Oh like, meanwhile, there are kids doing like backflips off of tables in tap shoes. Like <laughs> they're working so much harder than me. Like their bodies are hurting. I get off like pretty easy. I'm like, on the side of the stage, like, all right, guys. Yeah, like it's- Ryan Steele with his fuete turns and yeah. and and Jess Laprado, Tommy Bracco with their backflips. <laughs> yeah, I will not pretend like my job was very hard in comparison. <laughs> Well, it's so interesting that you say that because it's funny that like all of the roles you've played, it it just like are the roles that people instantly fall in love with. And like, (laughs) do you ever like feel 
do you like to be the good guy or do you like ever feel like you want to be like an antagonist in a way oh sure i mean yeah i mean i love a challenge but no i feel like <laughs> one of the reasons the i get cast as the roles i get cast at is i am I just try to bring as much of me to whatever project I'm working yeah. on. And I feel like those roles just end up being like that. Not saying that, well, it's just because I'm super charming, but I am, <laughs> you I am generally high serotonin levels. I'm like pretty much happy. Uh, I don't take myself too seriously. So I think it's more so that the roles that I'm cast as are ones that are not that mm. different from mm. who I am. That makes, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, because then you can bring, you can bring genuineness to the role. Oh, well, thank you. I try. <laughs> I also like love your just face too much. Like, because because oh. you look at your face and you're like, you just I don't know. You just have such a a, a light, a bright face. So if you were oh, playing um, you. if you were playing like an antagonist, I would probably be like, oh, <laughs> I love you though. Do you know who Joe Serafini is? Yes. Wait. Yes. He's in the High School Musical, the musical, the series. Oh yes, yes, yes. Totally. totally. Yes. So he was actually like one of our first guests. And this entire time, I've literally been like, they need to play each other's like older brother and younger brother. Oh my god. Do do you kind of see that? Oh, for sure. I don't know. I think I I love it. Michigan. I think he maybe went to. Yes. So. Totes, yeah. Oh I my see God, so many connections. I actually, I don't know him, but I'm like, you're doing really well, sir. Yes, he's the best. He's he's just one of the kindest people. But no surprise there in oh, the in the it. theater world. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so yes. So Sydney introduced you, and she mentioned that you were a director and have two award winning short films called Sign and Ceiling Fan. Um. So while you were directing, like has that helped you as an actor and would you consider doing like more directorial projects in the future? Like, is that kind of a route you want to explore? For sure. I I definitely think uh, being a director has made me a much better actor, especially with film where I just really didn't have very much experience Mm. because I didn't do a lot of film until I was older. Uh, And just getting to look through a lens and see what people were doing and then see how it was captured. And sometimes there was a disconnect and sometimes you would see other actors, like it wouldn't really read as big in the room. And then when you would see it on, on the camera, it would be completely different. Um, and so, yes, I, I definitely think it helped also that with like a sign and ceiling fan, um, it was a smaller cast, but like when I was directing submissions only, there were at least 30 people in every episode. And because Mm. it was one of the earlier web series, like we just didn't have trouble getting like awesome guest stars who we totally did not deserve. Like people (laughs) like Audra McDonald and like Cheetah Rivera and Judith Light, all of whom were like, I don't know what a web series is, but this seems nice. So just getting to be in a room for three seasons and seeing all these luminaries in our business and seeing how they approach like a random project uh, was so fascinating and just getting to see their craft. It was also, I, I remember watching Judith Light. She's like in our final episode and she, we gave her this role that had like eight pages of dialogue and it was basically all monologues. And we're like, 
she there's no way this woman she's in a show right now she's so busy it was like the year she won a tony she was like doing campaigning and she came in like off book making choices and just like stealing the show in a way that <sighs> i'm like i want to be that person i want to give my attention if i agree to do something i want to be that generous um with my talent and with my time and never discount anything um, so it was a, just a good lesson to learn. Period. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I love hearing stories like that of legends in like the behind the scenes, how hardworking they are. Oh but, like that's God. how they get to where they are. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I even remember like Audrey McDonald, we, she, we would like do a few takes and then she would ask us for direction. They're like, what am I going to say? Like, no, do it better. Like, <laughs> Like the fact that she is still at a place where she's like, I I just want it to be good and I want it to be good for everyone. You're like, yep, never stop learning. That that is why you are who you are. Meanwhile, I'm sure we gave her terrible direction. I'm sure no. very tongue tied. <laughs> like, oh, maybe try it like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though like just doing like just creating your own work and like having people like just come in like kind of like this podcast and you just like learn so much from each individual and each individual has something unique that they bring and it's even like something as little as like this where people can only listen to your voice like it's just it's really incredible and like just listening to other people's stories and like how they approach their acting and their craft and all of that is just so fascinating. Totally agree. Now, before we go, Andrew, uh, I wanted to ask you about something. Um, you also have two siblings, Celia Keenan-Bolger, Maggie Keenan-Bolger, who, who are also in the business. Very multi-talented family. Um, what's that like for you? Do, do you? Did you ever like bond with them over this? Or is it nice to have someone to talk to who understands the situations that you've been in, auditions, shows, jobs? Yeah, I think I feel so, so lucky. Um, all three of us have been performing kind of like as a little troupe since we were very young. Celia's uh, a little bit older than Maggie and I, and we just grew up seeing her perform and immediately knew that that's what we wanted to do. Also, I feel like maybe our parents were like, this carpooling will be easier if all three of you are cast in the same thing. Um, <laughs> so who knows? If she was like a tennis pro, maybe I'd be good at tennis. Probably not. But um, uh, And I do feel incredibly lucky uh, to have two people uh, in the business who understand the nuances and the kind of neuroses that go into trying to do this professionally. Um, and then one thing that, oh, my husband just came home. My dog is going wild in the background. Uh, and one thing that I also do feel like a lot of people ask us, they're like, are you ever jealous of each other? And I feel lucky in that it could not be farther from my mind to ever be jealous of my siblings. I think I'm so in awe of their talent. Um, and I think that we're lucky in that the three of us are in the business, but do very different things. We've really mm -hmm. carved out different paths for ourselves. Uh, my sister Maggie runs like a nonprofit theater for women and trans people and does a lot of directing and devising. And then Celia gets to do a lot of plays and I do more like musicals and then writing and uh, creating so that it, it takes zero effort for us to be really 
insane cheerleaders for each other. Uh, I feel so lucky. I, Sydney, what about you? I mean, I knew your brother before I knew you and was then so amazed to learn that he had a sister who was also a performer. Yeah, I mean, I same same thing as you. I think it also helps because we never we Jake and I did do similar projects, but we never went out for the same things because mm-hmm. he he was a boy, I was a girl. We would just get just different uh, different roles. Funny enough, I almost did Tuck Everlasting. I almost I was I was I was almost the oh understudy for Sarah. Yeah, yeah I forgot and about that. I know, and I I had to choose between you know going to where was it where was it um playing Um, at that time it was going to go to atlanta or boston yeah something like that i was i was going to be the understudy but then i also you know i had fun home the a very very early stage of fun home and uh, i ended up going with fun home um and uh, around the time that i was doing the lab of fun home I was doing Matilda auditions and I got to the like 11th callback where there were just eight girls left. I was one of the eight. I was, uh, I think eight girls. Yeah. I was one of the eight girls. Um, and, <laughs> and I ended up not getting Matilda. Uh, Oh, I ended up not getting Matilda, but what I wanted so badly from Matilda, I kept asking my mom, I was like, mom, I want to go see newsies. If I get Matilda, I want that. I want that as like a present. I want to go see Newsies. I wanted to see it so bad. But then I didn't get Matilda. And I was like, right, I'll never go see Newsies ever. And then my brother got Newsies and I got to see it 23 times. And and so it was just perfect. And I I loved it. And I love seeing him in shows. He's he's not doing acting anymore. He's going to be a neuroscientist. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, his brother, her brother is genius. Just smarty pants. Yeah, I mean, you could tell even back then. <laughs> smarty pants. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, uh, same thing as you. I I absolutely adored watching my brother and stuff. Yeah, I feel like it, it, we are so lucky. Eli, do you have siblings? Yeah, I do. Uh, my it's funny because we all um are in like the entertainment field, but all in different like completely different fields because like my sister's an editor and like a photographer and videographer um and she actually edits this podcast for us um yeah she's the best um and then my brother is uh like a marketer and stuff like that so he does all of like press and all that kind of stuff that he works for he works for like barstool uh yeah yeah it's and then yeah tessie's like still in college in marymount um doing uh digital media production and um she helps us with this so yeah that's so we like to cheer each other on (laughs) and and it's also really like great because it really just like i i can kind of like well tessie produces the content and like films it but like i'm the content person i guess like the person who's yeah and then like zach can like deal with all like the social media stuff so like it's just like a perfect combination of everything Hundred percent. We are very lucky. <laughs> you know what's yes, also, you know what's sure. also really cool about having a sibling in the business is Jake and I kind of like lucked out in that we were we were uh, we got to like do the Tony Awards together. And I'm I'm someone who when I not a big deal. I'm someone when I like to do things. I like to do it with a partner. I I don't I don't always like working alone. And so I I got to. You know, I wasn't like alone. I, I first of all, he we would help each other with auditions. We'd help each other mm-hmm. memorize and go through 
through auditions. Um, but literally for the Tony Awards, he was in King and I, I was in Fun Home. We we were in the in memoriam together. We were singing. We we're part of the like chorus in the background. And we got to, you know, we just got to meet up at the end of the day and just hug each other and be like, whoa, what a day. This is wild. This is yeah, wild. So, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I I always think back to like um, just my parents when I remember there was like a honestly on the Tonys too for there was a year that Newsies and Peter and the Starcatcher we both opened within like a few days from each other um, and just being like our parents they would have never believed this if we yeah. got to tell them you know all that hard work that you were putting in and all those long drives like this may end up paying out like a little bit in just like wow. street cred back in Michigan. Um, yeah. Our parents deserve so much. Thanks, man. Yeah. Truly. Thank you, mom and dad yeah. <laughs> and grandma yeah. and grandpa. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Andrew, for coming on and just chatting with us. We had a blast. Um, just, yeah, just thank you for doing this. Of course. It is so nice to connect with you, especially right now when mm-hmm. it sometimes feels like our business is just nothing going on. Um, it is good to know that there are folks like you who are uh, doing the good work and uh, bringing our little slice of magic to a bigger audience. Um and I wish you so much luck on this project. I'm so excited to be like listening along now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That means Andrew. so much. Of course. Of and course. now you're a part of it. Yeah. I love it. Friend of the pod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take a bow, Andrew Keenan Bolger. That was just such a fun episode. He literally, at, like you said, he lit up the room or like, the, the podcast episode, yeah. I guess we could say. Uh, um, so yeah, and you know, it's so true because like just talking to him for that 45 minutes to an hour, you know, it, it makes total sense why he plays the roles that he plays and just like how he is the way he is. Like it was just like, it was amazing and it was a lot of fun and he had amazing insight and just reliving The Greatest Showman with him again. It was just another it was just such a fun time and just like a great episode. And I hope that you all enjoyed it. Yeah. He's the kindest and most fun person. I, my, I remember when we recorded this, my, it just made my day mm-hmm. just literally just talking to him. Um, And he's, he's such, he's inspirational and he's motivational and he is uh, just, he's, he's a light truly. Very positive. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely. Um, and he had a lot of incredible stories and things to say. Um, I think it's so cool that he he um, based, pr- practically um, did the business with his two siblings, and I love that. And I I love um, I love how he uh, basically um, was able to shine a light on on that perspective and and what it was what it was like to 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 be in the business with two siblings and and how um, it it for him at least and i i actually think this is the same case for a lot of people it definitely is for me um there isn't there isn't um that jealousy among siblings like it's 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 incredible 
not only doing something alongside someone else and 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 be able to empathize with the other person whether it be auditions or jobs but it's also incredible watching them shine and and watching them just experience the most amazing things um and you both kind of are not only you guys not only can see your for example like with me and jake um i'm not i not only had the privilege to watch his um career unfold but it was almost we were both we were on our own rides but we were also part of each other's rides and and being i got to like experience the tony awards with jake um and that whole day and 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 um just uh but especially in the 2015 year i got to experience a bunch of stuff with jake and and it was it was the most incredible thing and i'm so glad i got to do it with him because it gives you almost a sense of comfort you know absolutely yeah it's always good to go through things with another person and just having someone there by your side especially when it's like your first time doing it because it's easy to get distracted and lost in things and that person remember reminds you to like take it all in and be present and have fun you know so So it's really cool that he shared those experiences with us and as well as you, Sid. Um, so today, we or I guess this week, we've had a lot of things to look forward to in the Broadway community. Um, it was announced that uh, Ratatouille the Musical <laughs> is going to have a, a reading, I guess, so to say, after the New Year's. It was inspired off of a TikTok that was not... <laughs> meant to go viral the way it did but it did and we're all here for it and we love the fact that there's going to be a ratatouille the musical uh (laughs) and and it's going to raise money and all the proceeds are going to go to the actors fund Mm. so uh yeah that's something that we can look forward to after the new year's after the holidays and all of that fun stuff uh also this past week the prom on netflix came out did Mm. you get a chance to watch it i haven't watched it yet have you Oh my god! I watched it the night it came out. Yeah, it was yeah, it it was it was fantastic and mm, just yeah. everything, everything about it. James Corden, you know, he was getting a lot of backlash, and I understand because like at times there were there were spots and everything like that. But I feel like in as the movie progressed and everything, I thought he did a great job, and everyone as well. Meryl Streep's in it, so of course she was like a goddess. Um, she does well in every single role she's in. I don't understand. Um, and and the the two kids, Ariana DeBose uh, and Joe L. Pell, uh, she made her like film debut in like her debut, I guess, in the business uh, is as Caitlin Kinnanen's role. Oh, wow. And she was just, she was fantastic. I mean, she was literally so good. And I, yeah, I, I just loved it. And it just like, it got you in the spirit of Broadway. It just reminded you to like, take care of your loved ones and just love each other. Like, and it, it just brought you back to like all of those feels that Broadway usually allows you to feel. So it was, yeah. it was great to see. Yeah. Another thing that happened too was um, that one night on Broadway event happened. And oh, so, right. so everyone on the street were <laughs> on the streets of Hamilton uh, on 46th Street, and it was it was incredible. I mean, everyone woke up 
at 4 a.m. to film that. It was like a Macy's Day Parade thing. Oh, wow. They blocked off the streets. They all got together. They had this beautiful Broadway and light set. And it was just, it was everything. It was just so good. Mean Girls did two, um, did two performances ain't you proud did two performances jagged little pill did two performances a lot of a lot of the shows that performed were amazing they did a lot of performances multiple performances and we had it was just so awesome to see everyone on stage uh, on stage but like yeah like performing again and just being with other people and just like you you know just having the time of their lives and it was awesome to see that and actually while we were watching it we were doing a live tweet um and jagged little pill retweeted us mean girls retweeted us on take a bow so like that was awesome so it was just a fun night and it just like got the whole community together and you know what more could you ask for yeah reignited that like broadway flame absolutely um this week though we did lose an incredible, incredible icon to the Broadway community. Uh, Anne Raking passed away. And she, I mean, her dancing, her choreography, everything about her is just absolutely just breathtaking. And the way that she was able to tell stories through her dance, it, it really, it's really tough. But we'll we'll remember to keep her legacy going. Yeah, she she was an icon. Um, and, and she definitely, she, for, like you said, she, she will definitely be remembered. Do we have a word of the day today? Do we? Oh, yeah. Um, let's lighten it up a little bit. So the word of the day is marking and Mm -hmm. marking is not like marking things on the wall or like signing our desks when we leave a show or a theater or something like that. No, marking is when you're in rehearsal and or even like tech or something fun like that or, or like a sound check for an event or something like that uh actors try or performers in general just try to preserve their gift and whatever they're doing to um save it and have enough juice and energy and the resources they need uh when the true performance comes so they'll often mark it's called and they won't go full out and they won't blow their vocal cords out like they may in a performance or something like that um just to just to rest themselves and take care of themselves so that they can give everybody who's watching the best show that they can give yeah, marking was not something I knew how to do when I was no. when specifically when I was in Fun Home. When we we had we made a lot of changes to Ring of Keys, um, especially to the blocking um, in Fun Home. I think we ch- we changed it every other day the blocking, um, especially during the preview specifically. Um, we went through so many different blockings of Ring of Keys and every time we would we would run through it with the new blocking, I would always just sing full out and Sam Gold and everyone was like, okay, Sydney, like I understand this, but you just, you got to mark. And I was like, no, I'm good. I can do it. And they were like, no, 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 just, just mark, just speak it. You know, you don't have to sing. And so, um, and I, and so I, I, I 
I learned how to mark. I, I, it actually is a very important thing. It also can go the other way when, when you're doing a performance and actors or performers decide to mark and afterwards the director or the choreographer is like, stop marking. This is a performance. Stop marking. Um, uh, but yeah, marking, marking is just not going full out. It's, for example, if for singing, it can be, it can be singing in a quieter voice or it can be speaking the speaking the lyrics for for dancing it can you know it, i'm sure you can imagine it it's it's not doing like a and a, a a jump split it's it's you know you don't actually you don't have to practice the jump split every time you can just do a small jump or whatever or just do a motion that signals the jump split it's purely like Eli said to preserve the gift for for performance for sure. It's actually funny that you say that because the same thing happened to me and Trevor. Like in Finding Neverland, I never felt like I really needed to mark because like I was just having the time of my life and I didn't like understand why people were doing it. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until like Trevor where, you know, I was just singing every song and on stage for the entire show. Like and I was like, wait, I'm actually getting like super tired and my voice is like getting super tired. Like, what do I do? And it wasn't until like tech where I finally like understood what to do and kind of got the hang of it. Mm -hmm. um, because I was like, because it's hard because, you know, especially like when you're doing a new show, like Fun Home and Trevor and stuff like that, and you're trying to like figure it out because your performance affects everyone else's performance. Yeah. So there's bits and pieces when you're trying to mark that you really can't mark because it affects someone else's performance and stuff like that so if they're feeling 100 percent, well the blocking that i do and like the dancing that i'm doing may affect them and their track so it's like you have to like go in and out of like marking and full out sometimes when you're in rehearsals so that everyone can just get a sense of what's going to happen during the actual performance yeah because <laughs> when you think about it, if you don't mark you're just doing a literal you're doing 10 full out performances right you got to preserve that. <laughs> totally. Yay. So this was an incredibly fun episode and we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And it's, it's happy holidays to everyone. It's the last night of Hanukkah if you are listening to it on Thursday. So happy Hanukkah, everyone. And we hope you have a great, we hope you had a great uh, holiday and we're Christmas is around the corner. So all fun things are happening in month of December and we hope we hope that all these fun things continue in the new year. Yeah, and and our next episode is going to be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Christmas Eve. And we yes. have a we have a gift of an episode. We we have the most incredible person for our next episode. Um uh and just just stay tuned for next week. Um very excited about it. Thank you so much, Andrew Keenan Bolger, for coming on. We adore you. And thank you all for listening. We hope you liked it and see you next week. Wait, before we go, I just wanted to uh, just say one more thing. If you have not checked it out yet, Sydney and I oh, were yeah. featured in a People Magazine exclusive article, um, which is on People Magazine, uh, people.com. And go check it out if you have not, if you've not seen it. We posted a little, like, uh, like the title on our, like, Instagram to just, like, tell everyone to like go check it out but we'll tell you here again and just remind you just go search like people.com searching 
Sydney and I's name or take a bow, people.com, anything. Uh, check it out. It's a great, it's a fun article. We had a blast doing it. Yeah, thank you so much, people. That's, it's the coolest thing. Um, and yeah, and we had a blast doing it, and it truly is such an honor. Um, okay, yeah, go check it out, and we'll see you <laughs> next week. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right? For our curtain call, we wanted to give a few special thank yous to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon for our amazing music, Giselle Bustos for designing our logo, and Tessie Tokash and Sydney Lucas for editing our episodes. Feel free to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are currently listening to us from. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and Katie Rosen at the Broadway Podcast Network, as well as our top patrons, Henry Friedman, Brian Thompson, PCC, and Patrick McNamara. Speaking of, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Take a Bow, go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash TAB and become a patron today. Through our Patreon, you will form a relationship with us and get an inside look on what goes into this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions or questions and keep up with all things take a bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.